I always get a kick out of um, your, by the way, noble attempt to for lighting because it's uh, you look like you're telling a ghost story, right? You remember ghost stories? You'd sit, you'd what do you got? This? No. Here we go. this? <laughs> no, you'd put a flashlight like under your face when you were a kid. That's I mean, good. It, yeah, it's it's good enough. It's a desk lamp, you know. It's a desk lamp. That one you had me buy is a piece of shit and it doesn't work. That I, other one, you know, I waste sometimes like it's not the tools, twenty bucks on it. Sometimes not the tools. It's the carpenter. <laughs> yeah. Also, my camera, as you pointed out, it's like a gaming camera, so it's kind of dim. It doesn't like uh... lighting is everything. That's okay. Here's a message for anyone who's interested what? in podcasting. Yeah, is sound first, right? Even before yeah, sound, video. sound is the most important. Sound is most, the most important. important. I mean, and go. this is the proof. How many times have you been listening to like a podcast and it's so bad the audio? You're like, I can't, I can't. You just move on, right? You know. But with yeah. video, you could tolerate, and yours is fine. Yours is like totally adequate. And it is a pain in the ass to get to like that point, but it's a lot of experimenting. But if you seriously want to get into more video, which I think you should, especially on some of the platforms that you're on, I think that people form a better connection with you when you're on Noster and Twitter. If you're actually putting out your takes, not just in writing, but sometimes a 30 second video, yeah. it'll serve I, you I'm, well. Yeah, no, I know. I'm going to get more into adult video also. Now <laughs> more time. <laughs> but uh, oh, man, it's. Um, isn't it? I was thinking about adult video the other day too. Before we get into our Super Bowl discussion here, and then you know whatever else is, just think about the access people had versus what we had growing up to like adult content. Well, I, look, I don't watch it anymore. I think it's actually really bad for you, and I don't think people should never. Watch huh? it. I, no, never. Mm. Um, I'm not saying I haven't watched it in my life. I watched a lot of it in my life, yeah. but you know, the last five years, just no. Um, and, and also just, you know, having a kid in the house, it's just good. Just, there's none of that shit is on my computer, none of that stuff. Yep. But, um, but in general, obviously, right. When you were a kid, it was like playboy penthouse. Sometimes you got like a hustler, but that was like the most you could do. And it was just on these static pages and the stuff that they have now is it's extremely damaging because the, you know, the, the dopamine in your brain, the immediate, uh, access to that reward is like, you know, it would be like, Oh, here's some cocaine. Oh, you're 12. Here's some cocaine. Go enjoy. You know, yeah. it's really, uh, it's really bad. And, and, you know, I, I don't know what the long-term results are going to be, but I, I can't imagine it's good. Yeah. Well, nowadays, like what was a penthouse or a, you know, a dirty magazine back in the day, that's basically on the internet for free now, as far as, I mean, sorry, it's like that's Twitter, that's Instagram, you know, and certainly right. it's only fans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, you can just, you can have like midgets and whatever for, you know, as now, you know, so, um, not that, you know, I'm not implying that. Wait a second here. <laughs> Wait a second. Did we find your kink? <laughs> no, nothing wrong Zero. with that. Z hey, nothing wrong. Not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I just like that as a, an example of something, uh, ridiculous. That's probably there, but, um, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's horrible. I, I, I honestly yeah. think like, you know, if you're, if you're like 18 or 20, um, you know, you're probably going to just watch it anyway, but like grown adults, like, yeah. especially like just uh, turn that shit off. That shit's poisoning you. Yeah. I, I still enjoy it. I still not, not crazy, but I mean, I, I, again, like I'm not like, you know, I'm not religious in a traditional sense. Yeah. Like you're going to go to hell, but I do think it's destroying your brain chemistry. Pretty well, much. if you're going to go to hell, why miss by an inch? Right. That's what I said. <laughs> Yeah. Um, speaking my, of why miss by 12 inches? Right. There you go. I, um, yeah. I, and by the way, 12 inch, I'm, I'm going to have to start weaving that into, uh, you remember the quarterback, Michael Penix. Oh yeah. 12 yeah. inch. Yeah. That's yeah. a good no. one. I hope Too the giants get 12 inch. It would be great. I love Danny dimes, but if you can get 12 inch, you got yeah, 12 giants need something else. By the way, do you see the giants are out there shopping for a quarterback? That's what all the rumors are now that, that Daniel Jones, sure. They're into him now, but at six, they could trade up to get one of the big three, you know? 
Yeah. Well, what's wrong with 12 inch? He's not, he's, he had a bad, he had a bad senior bowl and he's, he went from being a possible top 10 pick to like where he's probably a late first round, early second round. He's like a Will Levis type from last year. I see. The name alone puts him in top 10 for me. Top 10. Yep. I love it. I love it. Uh, The other thing I want, before we get into our Super Bowl discussion, I thought you might find this interesting. This is, um, they're the bunch of the, the big companies, the media companies, except for CBS and NBC. It's, uh, so it's Disney, it's Warner Discovery, and ESPN. Well, ESPN is that. And then Fox. They're, they're uh, going to form a super app that's sports only. So it's, for the, it's uh, focused on the cord nevers, people that are never going to get cable but want sports. So it's going to be 50% of all sports in one app. I figure it'll be priced around 40 bucks or so. So basically, other so every Fox NFL game, I know you have a different way of watching, but I, I like this idea of all your sports going on one app. For, and it's it's almost like what Hulu did with entertainment about a decade ago. Do you like the idea of that? I don't really care. I like it, it's a bunch of big companies figuring out how to squeeze a little bit of marginal revenue out um, in a novel way, which is probably clever from their perspective. And it may succeed. And that's fine. And I don't begrudge that. I mean, they're you know, it's, it, it's it not like, it, 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 it's not right. It's not nefarious. They're just, you know, giving you something you want and you're paying for it. And they're figuring out a way to get a couple more people to pay for a little bit more and whatever, who cares which way they display it. That's up to them on the back end. But I do think like, um, like we're going to be moving to a, an era where like all those middlemen are not necessary and it's going to be just direct, direct, like, you know, like literally the NFL is going to sell, um, you know, right to the customer without like these media, you know, you're not going to need, um, advertising is going to get more, uh, obsoleted. You're just going to pay like, you know, I, I think like, you know, once, once the internet of money and Bitcoin and, and sats are the currency on the internet, um, you're just going to be like, I, I think there'll be packages, but you could also be like, all right, I'll pay a dollar to watch the Super Bowl, or fifty cents, or twenty cents, or whatever directly, and you'll pay for the game you want to watch right there because you'll have fifty bucks in your browser wallet all the time. So you'll just pay. You know, I don't know what they'll charge for each thing, and obviously the market will dictate that. But it, you just all this sort of like, oh, so we're going to package this together and then get advertisers, and then hopefully you buy the advertising product. Um, that that is just so like it's, it's just so ridiculous. And so such a uh, roundabout way to just directly be like, uh, and so many people have to get paid in the middle of that, um, that it should just be direct to consumer. And that technology is right. It's like on the doorstep. I think, I think the only you know, real interference with that technology is the banks want to have money. Everyone wants to be in the middle of it. Everyone want, all these middlemen don't want to leave and they have some power. But eventually it's just going to be like sats direct to Fox, not Fox, sats direct to the NFL for broadcasting and they'll just hire their own crews. Yeah. Uh, just quick question. Our guy, Anthony, who's a loyal viewer wants to know about my t-shirt here. This is the super tech mobile. Were you a video game guy, Chris Liss? Uh, yeah, but not like tech mobile. I, I did like Nintendo, you yeah, know, this was a Nintendo thing. I mean, yeah. so going back to like, cause I know you probably played Atari. Remember 10 yard fight? I vaguely, I, I played Atari. Yeah. I had, I had a Nintendo, but you know, the older one probably I'm like five years older than you. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm 52. So, so what football games did you play on Nintendo? If any, 
Uh, I don't remember. I, I definitely played RBI Madden. baseball. RBI baseball, I played a lot. You know, Good where one. like the St. Louis Cardinals, you had all those speed guys. Mm-hmm. And then you could use like the all-star team. They had like Mattingly, George Bell, those guys. Yep. Yep. Did you ever play Trammel. Double Dribble on uh, Nintendo? I, I probably yeah. did, but I, I I mostly played the baseball one. I think we played the football one at some point too, but I never played Madden really because that no. was sort of after my time. Hard. Madden was hard. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, you have to play more. I You know, so I played like the old school video games that weren't, you know, I was into them, but then what sucked is like I had all the video games growing up and then yeah. I would like, you know, they, they were expensive. So you'd have like five or six and you'd play them to death and then your friends would come over and want to play and you'd be like so bored of it. Right. But the, yeah. they they didn't have it. So they would want to play and then, you know, get annoying. Yeah, I, I was thinking about the other day. I remember discovering Super Mario Brothers for the first time in like the mid 80s. It was like hours of just yeah. unbelievable Zelda. All right. Um Super Bowl, I, I read your article on Super Bowl. You're kind of over football, so this will be a good roundup to everything here. But I, I have some topics, I think, that um, will will stimulate you a little bit. Uh, starting with the, the one that you wrote about is that I was on the Chiefs, too. You're on the Chiefs, and we'll get into the reasons why. But it is concerning. Like uh, My colleague, your former colleague, Jim Coventry, hosted a 10-hour live stream where he had 58 analysts on well you know every 10 minutes you ask and they all gave that same reason how do you bet against patrick mahomes the chiefs and very few people said san francisco so that worries me um if you don't mind normally it's fade the public is a is a decent strategy so why are you still staying on the chiefs um i guess plus two at this point yeah i don't like that all these random nutless monkeys are on you know all these less sheep are on the chiefs right because you don't all things being equal you want to be on the opposite side, but you don't want to also change your opinion because of what other people think, period. Right. Like that's also foolish to be like, I need to be contrarian just to be contrarian. Like once in a while, the public's right 48% of the time. And so just to change to, to be contrarian is dumb. Um, My sort of thesis about Super Bowls is that it's pretty much all priced in. It's the most public game. It's the most betted game. There's not some secret angle. The line would move, right? If there was some secret thing and the Sharps put a million dollars on it, um, it would move the line. Um, And it's so publicly bet that it's pretty ironed out. The one thing I, I found was like sort of not priced in was elite defenses always seemed to outperform. You had like the Bucks, and when they crushed the Raiders, they were underdogs in that game. Um, the Ravens destroyed the Giants in 2000. The Denver Broncos beat the Cam Newton um, Panthers Panthers that were favored. It's always Seattle blew out the Peyton Manning Broncos that set all those records. The Giants, whose defense was peaking at that time, destroyed Brady. Um, it, it's always the defense that, um, for some reason, I don't know why I don't have like a reason. It just seems like a pattern. And so... It's not perfect and it's hard to, you know, sometimes you'll be like, oh, I thought this defense was better um, than it was. And there's a couple exceptions. But if you look at it on the season, right, the Chiefs uh, allowed 4.7 yards per play, which is borderline elite. It's not like elite elite. They're like top What's five. What's league average? What's um, It's probably like five and a half. And the Niners were at 5.0. So there's only 0.3, but that's a lot. I mean, it's not like a lot, but it's 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 meaningful, but it's not huge. But it's not just sort of the average, right? The average is one thing, but also what are they doing now, right? And then you look how the Chiefs, they went into Buffalo and Josh Allen had like 160 yards passing. They went into Baltimore and shut down Lamar Jackson. The Niners, by contrast, hosted the Packers and the Lions and almost lost both those games and gave up a lot of yards. So if you look how they're playing now, the Chiefs defense is definitely the better defense right now. I'm not talking about personnel. I'm just saying about their past defense, especially is playing well. So, um, that to me is sort of the, the reason I like the chiefs 
to outperform the line. The the offenses, it's all, you know, Mahomes is great, but the Niners, the rest of the Niners offense is really good. They both have offensive mastermind play callers. I feel like all that's kind of known. But if I'm going to bet a Super Bowl, I like to go with the team with the defense. I like when the defense is underappreciated. I think the Chiefs defense is playing very well now. Spagnolo has, you know, uh, has experience playing Super Bowls with the Giants and you know, the defense quarter and and the uh, and now the Chiefs. So um, give me the Chiefs, even though I'm a little bit um, wary of everybody being on them. And I don't think the Mahomes factor is, is the reason. I mean, obviously, he's a huge part of being able to offset um, the Niners having the much better personnel and offense. But I think that the Chiefs defense is the better one right now. Right, but I mean, think about this. If you are down four points with one drive left and it's Mahomes, you're happy, right? If you're down one drive and it's Brock Purdy and you're down four points, you're like, eh, I'm not sure I'm going to win here. Well, so that's- but Purdy with the offensive line and with Debo and McCaffrey and Kittle, and I mean, it's, you know, that whole offense, I would probably take the Niners over the Chiefs, right? But, um, but Mahomes obviously is, you know, arguably the greatest of all time and, and so that's a huge, huge factor. But who are you facing, right? Like which defense is just really tough against the pass? Which defense is really hard to throw on? You know, Chris Jones is one of these, going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's one of these guys that in the playoffs is always making that soul-crushing play in, in crunch time too. And and just, you know, um, Legereus Sneed and, and the the DBs on the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I mean, again, you know, it's it's not like I'm that strong on this. I don't like that everyone's on them, but I almost feel like they're on them for the wrong reason. Yes, Mahomes is a factor. That's completely priced into the line. Obviously, if you had a league average quarterback on the Chiefs, this line would be eight, you know, or something like that, maybe more. But the Chiefs defense, I don't think is is entirely appreciated how good they've been playing. All right. So the other, so would you do the money, uh, the money line at plus one fifteen, or would you prefer if you know, are you going to take it at the plus two and? Uh, I probably do the money line, maybe both. You know, this game could be a one point game or something like that. Um, you know, a lot of these come down, especially with the two point conversion. There's a lot of like scores that end up really going down, coming down to one point. So I'll probably do half money line, half against the spread. All right. And then the other way, you've heard this a million times that people say, hey, if you'd like the team, bet Mahomes MVP. Right. Just what, bet the, what, well, what, is, well, what is the odds of Mahomes MVP? Um, I believe it's, I'll look it up, but I believe it's like plus, or it's, it might be minus 125. Oh, no, sorry. It's plus 150. I'm going to look it up as we're talking. I have. I mean, it's minute. got to be higher than the money line, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. Win right. If they lose. Um, yeah. And so right. it's got to be at least plus 140 or something like that if the money okay. line is plus 115. But, okay, so that, yeah, it's plus 140. As you just said, you got, yes. you nailed it. Very good. Yeah, there we go. So would you at least that? I no, I, I probably because you know this game could be like nineteen to sixteen, and and Butker, you know, I don't think he'll win MVP, but you know, kicks four fifty-yard field goals, or you know, there's two picks by Snead or or safety, or um, Chris Jones has a, just a crushing sack and two deflection. You know, I mean, I who knows or a, a sack fumble. So I think well, I would rather stick with the money line than Mahomes, but plus one forty fair i think that compensates you adequately for the risk that someone else wins mvp so a couple you know i i titled this outrageous props so i have a couple outrageous ones again not totally outrageous just you know we're talking about like mvp right now so how about travis kelsey going with narrative street that you know the nf you know everything kind of goofy with the taylor swift stuff plus 1400 on travis kelsey uh he could have one of those like 
reverses they run on the goal line or he could throw one or I don't think that's going to happen but he, let's say Kelsey goes you know 11 catches for 140 and, and two. two touchdowns right like right. that that's plausible mm-hmm. is he going to beat out Mahomes in that case well yeah maybe if nobody else does anything right but if Rasheed Rice catches one and somebody and then Mahomes runs one um then he can't yeah but 14 again I think that's fair um you know, there's the the narrative thing, you know, maybe, um, could be, uh, and Mahomes has won two of the, you know, both MVPs and when they've in the last two Super Bowls. So it's not in a row, the last two, they obviously they won. So maybe there's a little fatigue on Mahomes sometimes. I mean, it's a voter you know, subjective thing. Yeah. But I mean, voters, I mean, they're really going to be like, I think, I think the NFL too. I mean, if you want to get into like narrative street, like Brady was criticized in the NFL for being soft this year. Brady versus Mahomes is really the only question anymore of who's the greatest. You know, you give Mahomes a third Super Bowl MVP, that's pretty good. Mm. Um, but I don't really care about all that. I mean, unless you think the NFL's fixed, no. um, I don't really care about all that. I I think that um that I think the odds are more or less correct that if the Chiefs win it, what, what's Chris Jones to an MVP? I think that might oh, be it's like plus ten thousand or something like that. Huh? hundred to hundred to one. Because well, let me yeah. double check that. It might be, yeah, let me see. Super Bowl. Um here we go because because to me that would be interesting the, the thing is that um i remember justin tuck was 50 to one and i bet him in the giants and he should have won it eli didn't have a great game and eli still won it and i was pissed because i would have made a lot of money on that uh so by the way the the bet that i'm making here is not this is the one i put down no non-qb to win the super bowl is plus 200 i made that one um of the so you know, QB to win the Super Bowl MVP is plus yeah, two hundred. Plus two hundred, and I, I dug this up here. Ten of the of the last ten, four were non QBs. Right, but you're basically saying the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl because Purdy. If the no, Niners or, win, there's a good chance it's not Purdy, right? Because you know it could be any of those guys. You know, you want to hear the last McCaff- ten? Yeah, the last ten were um, Malcolm Smith on linebacker Seattle, right? Tom Brady, Von Miller, linebacker Denver. Tom Brady, Nick Foles, Julian Edelman, wide receiver, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Cooper Cup, and Patrick Mahomes. Right. Uh, I mean, it really is team dependent, right? Like, it, it's like if you have that superstar MVP level quarterback, it's he's much more likely to win. And if you have Brock Purdy, um, he's much more, much less likely to win because not only is it you know a voter thing and a narrative thing, but it's also the game plan, right? Like. Mm. Kyle Shanahan probably wants Christian McCaffrey to get the ball 25 to 30 times. Um, Patrick Mahomes is going to have the ball in his hands, you know, as much as possible. So it's even game plan driven um, who wins MVP also. So I, I, Plus I, 10, I can see thousand Chris Jones. Yeah. hundred to one. Um, I, as I said, Justin Tuck should have won it and I had him maybe it was the second one I had him and he still had a case to win it. But uh, but Eli still won it, and Eli wasn't one of those QBs that was guaranteed to win it. So it's going to be tough for for just you'd have to have just a defensive struggle, and you know in Vegas the conditions are going to be perfect. It's not like you're outdoors in a freezing blizzard or something like that where it's a defensive game. So yeah, it'd be fun to put you know ten bucks down on that or something. On DraftKings, Mahomes plus one twenty five, so lower than you know than the article I just read. The, the bigger sports books are, are like the shittier odds, you know, like they, you know, DraftKings is shaving more. Rake. As they should, because people are going to bet it anyway. 
you know? I mean, I mean yeah, as a business, yeah. yeah. I mean, it depends what kind of business you're running, right? Do you want the sharps or do you want the the volume? And they're obviously going for the volume. On Super Bowl, they're going for volume. <laughs> it's like yeah. even Travis Kelsey is plus down to plus 1,200 because he's a public figure. And obviously, all the overs are going to be a little juice, right? Nobody's rooting for punts. You know, you know, I have talked about that. How about Debo Samuel plus 2,000? He's the guy who can run in touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, if if the Niners win, right? Yeah, it's that's like what we're talking 50% about. Fifty percent chance that Purdy wins, and then everything else is kind of open season. You know, it's like I don't know what the chances are that Purdy wins if the Niners win, but it's got to be around fifty. It's not like eighty or ninety percent like Mahomes. It's like fifty percent, right. and then McCaffrey is obviously the obvious. Uh, and then after McCaffrey, Debo's probably number two. Nick Bosa, um, Kittle. What's Bosa at? Nick Bosa plus seventy five hundred. Yeah, so it's it, it's obviously it's lower than Chris Jones because. If the Niners win, you know, there's a bigger chance that it's Bosa. Um, and they're also favored, so it's a little lower. But Bosa is an interesting one. Yeah. What about like Fred Warner or someone like that? So Fred Warner, oh, that's actually a good one right there. So Fred Warner, MVP, I'm looking it up now. I don't even see. Oh, yeah, plus 12,000. Yeah, 120 to 1. Um, I mean, you know, so here's the thing, right? Like somebody's going to guard Kelsey, and I think Kelsey's had – he had an easy matchup against um, Buffalo. They had a guy like off the street covering him and he dominated and they said, Oh, they're going to shut him down. Baltimore has really good linebackers and he dominated again. So um, a lot of it's just the rapport with, uh, with Mahomes and he knows where he's going to be. And it's very hard to deal with that. But if you're the Niners, right? Like you're probably going to try to take Kelsey away and, and make even Rasheed Rice. who's not, you know, used to this kind of moment and this kind of, Think you know? I, I would I would try to take him away and try to let you know someone Put else need on him. I mean, not sorry, so not seed. Uh, yeah, you single. You I was thinking of Bayouk for a second. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, you want to double Kelsey and you try to say put the pressure on the rookie. Yeah, I put the pressure on a rookie who's not you know been there before, who doesn't you know he's Rasheed Rice has definitely progressed and and he and Mahomes are on the same page, but it's not that sort of like sixth sense where like they know exactly what each other are going to do. You know, obviously. Yeah you know, Kelsey and Mahomes is like Gronk and Brady. It's, it's just, they, it, they're so familiar. It, it's yeah. I would, you know, so, so you could see Kelsey get taken away um, and the guy take him away. And if he makes a pick um, and the Niners win, you know, that guy could win MVP, especially if Purdy's hand, let's say Purdy hands off to McCaffrey 25 times and McCaffrey goes 25 for like 82 and a short touchdown and has like three cat, you know, four catches for 28. Okay. And Debo has like a touchdown at 62 yards. Ayuk has a touchdown in 70 yards. Purdy's got like, you know, 220 and two touchdowns and, and two picks, um, you know, and it's like a 31-30 game. Um, you, you may have the defensive guy that shut down Kelsey and has a pick and, and you know, and a fumble, forced fumble or something. You know, there's, there's some scenarios where weird guys on the Niners win it. Warner would be interesting. Um, but, there, you know, it could be Bosa, it could be Warner, it could be a random that we don't even – See coming. Well, that's why I like the non-QB. You get a lot of those guys in there, too. It's not great. But you're only getting two to one. I mean, it's like you you really want to get like a – to me, like, look, I don't care about winning 50 bucks. Like, I want to put 50 bucks down and win like a couple grand. You know, that's that's the fun (laughs) of it. Yeah. A couple other – we're going to talk about anytime touchdowns in a minute also because I think that one's a popular one. Um, You know what you're talking about, like the nutless monkeys all on the Chiefs side? The other bet that, like, everybody is on – is the Isaiah Pacheco overs. It's like 68, 66 on yardage right there. I mean, I hate to agree with the crowds again, but it seems like if they're going to 
run the ball and that that would be a smash, right? I mean, is that, or can you see, because I really do want to fade the public on the Isaiah Pacheco stuff because there's literally, that was like 90% of people that came on the live stream said that. Anything there with the... Yeah, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion on Pacheco. I think he's a good running back. Um, I think that, you know, he's the only game in town really for them. And so, especially if the Chiefs are winning or competitive, he should get 20 carries. I mean, he should um the Niners probably know they want to do that but I mean Kelsey Pacheco and Rasheed Rice there's really three guys on the Chiefs that get the ball right like these like MVSs and if well, I don't know if Darius Tony's gonna play he's back no he's back he's gonna play uh, I mean you know these guys are very dangerous you know the fumble penalty like you know the Nicole Harbins and Kadarius Tony it's like I don't even know why they're playing with fire you, you need hey. like a Demarcus Robinson like a total scrub who'll just block and not make a mistake. Like Tony, the Chiefs. Tony had a touchdown last year. Oh, he was actually important in last year's Super Bowl. And so was Sky Moore <laughs> last year. Yeah, Sky less. <laughs> or ground ground more. I mean, you know, these guys are scrubs. I mean, they're not just scrubs. Scrubs are okay. Like Demarcus Robinson's a scrub, but he blocks. You know, yeah. you, you, or who is the guy on the Niners? Um, Juwan Jennings. Now, who's the guy? Yeah, Juwan Jennings. Kyle yeah. Uzcheck. Yeah, yeah. These guys. Well, Uzcheck, you know, is kind of famous, but Juwan. Right. These like blocking types that you're yeah. like. Yeah, that guy's useful, right? Like th that helps, but man, Kadarius Tony is just like you're really rolling the dice on that guy. Yeah. So anytime touchdown stuff is is interesting because all right, you're not going to get any value on the McCaffrey stuff. It's like minus two two hundred plus at this point. So if you really want the McCaffrey stuff, you have to go first touchdown or last touchdown because that's where you get like the plus four hundred ish odds. Right. But is there anyone? One of the ones I made here was I like no Kittle. And what's Kittle getting at any time touchdown? Yeah. Oh, no, or, or, or first touchdown. Okay. So I'll give you the difference right here. This shows you the difference. So anytime is 165 plus right. one. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But listen to this first touchdown plus a thousand last touchdown plus 1200. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that makes sense. Cause the, you know, what's the over under like 50 something. So 47 like, and a half. Right. So they're projecting probably six touchdowns, five, six touchdowns combined. Mm -hmm. so, so three for, you the know, if it's, if it's 10 to one, right. And then you're getting one point, you know, one sixty. it's, it's, it's six. It's basically six times as light. It's one sixth the likelihood. So it's like, yeah, he's getting one of the six touchdowns. So it's, it's, it's all, you know, lined up, right. The, the odds are all kind of, there's no advantage one way or the other between the anytime and the, uh, first touchdown so you were talking about betting a little to win a lot i took um noah gray he had five targets in the last game and plus 5500 first touchdown i was the one i actually made right which is like plus a thousand for any time touchdown so as you're saying like they're one in ten yeah. chance they'd score plus, a touchdown plus 900 so, for the anytime right it's all divided by six basically right i mean that's basically it so um so yeah it's like well how many touchdowns they get on the year like one and a half two so you know, if you think he's going to get a little extra use, um, then that's fine. But that's, you know, that's, it's all going to be commensurate with that. All those odds are very like worked out, mm. you know, in terms of, you know, their usage rate and their touchdown rate per usage. Okay. A couple other outrageous. I'm going to put that in quotes because I know that you, these titles, you, by the way, Jeff uh, Erickson hates the titles too. He, uh, he was doing a baseball podcast and listen, I know I, I put, uh, he was trying to do players that like they're not drafting. So I, I uh, titled it. Um, five players only idiots will draft, and he's like, dude. Uh, <laughs> so I was uh, like, listen, doesn't like that. Yeah, you're just you're like, oh, people click on them, and be like, did I draft any of these guys? Like, <laughs> right, idiot. Exactly, because the way they title these podcasts before I get in there and retitle them is like, um, 
uh, three players Fred Zinke is not drafting. I'm like, dude, no one's searching Fred Zinke. I love Fred Zinke, by the way, but right. no one's searching him on yeah, YouTube. Sharp, sharp player. Uh, right. But, but, but yeah, so uh, yeah, no, it's not what they're going to be looking for. Um, and YouTube, you know, but titling. I don't think you go far enough. Right. You know, I, mean, I should go these uh, double man. That was my yeah, favorite. Double, double man. Double, yeah. The double man. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning, you know, if you transition, you go, you get two penises. Yeah. That's one. what's bullshit. You know, it's like people are like, oh, you know, all these people, they have gender dysphoria. They're going to switch from man to woman. Okay, fine. But if that were true, why does it only go in one direction? Right? Like if I have dysphoria, okay, maybe I'm in the wrong body. Okay, fine. I'm not feeling right about myself. Uh, I'm going to change. But what if I'm not feeling right about myself because I actually feel way more manly than my body? Right now I got to roid up. I got to take some testosterone, you know, get a second Johnson. You know, I'm, I'm going, I'm not, you know, I'm not all there. I, I feel more. And you never see someone go in that direction, right? You only right. see them go in the other direction. If you did that, you would probably go back to um, uh, adult apps again. I have a feeling you would just need the satisfaction. <laughs> no, you would have, well, no, you wouldn't go to town. You would have to uh, uh, star in some. You'd be then right. you'd be in demand all of a sudden because you'd be right. you'd have the goods that most people don't have. I've told you this before, but Joe Rogan has this famous joke where he said if there was true penis enlargement pills, the first overdose would be 15 minutes after they went to market. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Well, you know, because p- people will be carrying it over their shoulder and just walking around like, you know, that's, yeah, you know, yeah. anyway, I don't deliver I, the same yeah, way he no. does. Well, no, I, I just also don't think that that there's a limit, you know, there's a limit to when it becomes a handicap, you know. Well, but that's what I'm saying. You know, people always overdo it. So he's saying that guys oh, are yeah. so obsessed. They would overdo it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 minutes after the drug was released, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um couple other ones I just want to go over. So, oh, okay. No fourth down conversions in the game plus 300. Uh, fourth I down conversion, yes, I think there's almost, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. So I wouldn't can I, that. Can I, I tell you the stats yeah. behind it? Okay. Yeah. Um, during the season, Kansas City was 50%, 10 for 20. They're right. two for three in the playoffs. And 49ers were seven for 13 in the regular season, 0 for one in the playoffs. They're not go for our teams is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, I, I think, though, like high stakes, um, Super Bowl, they're going to probably go for it more. Um, and they're also, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's fine. I, I'm Plus not really like, I don't, I don't really like, you know, look, if you go to like Rufus, if you listen to Rufus Peabody, he'll, he'll bet a lot of props and he'll go into of Massey. Well, it used to be Massey Peabody, but now they're like some other, uh, and bet the uh, process podcast, whatever they have, they have some other site, but unabated, unabated. And you know, they, they sort of go through all of the data and, and, and are really rigorous. And they're like, Oh, this is a slight edge here because stuff like that. They'll, they, they'll, they'll contextualize it for the game. They'll look at the season long percentages. They'll find a little edge and they'll, but they won't do it at DraftKings. They'll find a sharp book where there's like proper odds and they'll bet it. Right. Okay. And they'll, and they'll lay out like, you know, a hundred grand or more, you know, half a million. I don't know how much they're spending now, but they'll lay out a lot and do a lot of investments in this game and in all the places where they find like anomalous odds. And that's fine. You know, that's like really hustling, grinding it out and really, you know, it's like a professional way to do it. And it'd just be like a, uh, a stock trader, like a professional, um, portfolio, not even a portfolio manager, like a, like a, a trader, you know, an everyday trader at a large firm using a lot of analytics and models and stuff to, to do it. And that's fine. But the person listening to this podcast, anyone listening to us is not that. And I, and I just feel like that you got to understand it's a different game, right? Like there's like, I was always talking about this. I, I probably talked about with you, like in the NFBC, NFFC, 
there's like the Nelson Souza guys who have a hundred leagues, right? And they're like, well, I've got X amount of share of this guy. I've got to get some of this. I can't have too much of this because if the guy gets hurt, like I'll wipe out like all my investment. And that's perfectly fine, right? That's great. The, the reason the prize is big is because those guys are putting a lot of entries in and they're putting a lot of fees. But if you're just like with your one entry, right? Like you don't really want to be thinking like that, right? You just want to be like, who do I like? You're not really trying to max out like this kind of stuff. You're trying to watch the game, have some fun, have a plausible upside play here and there. Um, and so I just, I just don't care about like that slight edge on it's the not slight edge. It's just fun. You know, like I yeah. said, you're root, you have well, a rooting interest. You, you got to get, so, so to me, it's like, I bet the game with like, you know, not a lot of money, 500, 300, whatever's in the account. And then I I'm cool with like a 20 to one, 50 to 100 to one couple MVP long shot type bets. And that's all I care about. Like, like this sort of like four to one, if this happens, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's not, as, it's, it's not getting it's, you going anymore. No wonder yeah, you're off. No wonder yeah. you're off the adult apps. You started getting down weirder and weirder things to get you going. You needed like a 20 to one, you know, fetish going on here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you need 20 to one to, to get me out of bed in the morning, you know? And it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, again, the Super Bowl itself, because I want to have a rooting interest, I'll put a few hundred bucks on it, but I'm not going to like, I'm not going to put 40 or 50 bucks on these four to one things. It's just, what's the point, right? Like, again, if I were investing professionally with a large portfolio, like Rufus or somebody, or, or one of these NFBC guys who has a hundred leagues, different story. Of course, four to one, of course, having, you know, being, you know, heavy, this person, light, this person, just in case that stuff all makes perfect sense, but that's just not the game I'm playing. Hey, we had a good question here. So, um, our guy Kyle says, can you explain why you think they'll go for it more on Super Bowl rather than regular season? You said that because the, you said that a minute ago when we were talking about the fourth down conversions. It's a good question. Yeah, I mean, it might be not true. It might not be true. Um, it just seems like when the stakes are high and it's fourth and two on their 44-yard line, it, it just seems like are you really going to kick it back to them and let them run out the game with the Super Bowl on the line? You know, Don't you want it in your hands? Um, it seems like... A, Maybe there's a buy. I mean, this may not be true, but in, if I were the coach, right? Like I might have a bias toward we control our destiny on offense. Um, if it's like, the, you know, this is it. If you lose, you're out. Whereas in like week 14, you might just be like playing the odds. Like, let's kick it. You know, we'll see if we can stop them and get the ball back. Something like that. But maybe that's bullshit. Okay. Again, yeah. I don't even care about this. Like I, I the, to me, that's yes. such a like well, people marginal thing. This I know, but I don't care about like, oh, is it, is it, is the, you know, my, it should be minus 330, but it's minus... 360 and you're getting like this ever so slight edge right. you're never going to get especially on DraftKings. you're probably not getting any edge at all um so that's why like if you're getting 100 to 1 and the true odds would be 120 to 1 okay fine whatever um but these like marginal things like i don't think you're going to make any profit on DraftKings. good lead into our next prop and again i won't torture you with more than one or two of these right. okay um but do you know the largest audience ever? Just take a guess. Obviously, you know, just number of people that have watched the Super Bowl. Worldwide or in the U.S.? Uh, U.S. The Nielsen rating is always U.S. Um, and let me give you another. They also, they included out of home for the first time. Okay, but I, I'm saying like, you know, is it families or television sets or people? People. It's total people because okay. they're able to measure. I'll say, I'll say 100 in. 25 million. Okay, so that's interesting. So I my guess was like 90 something million. The, uh -huh. the largest one was 115. Okay, right? well, that's close. So this year the over under they're setting at 122 and a half and obviously that's 7 million more um 
I would still probably take the over. I think they've done a good job of, I know we, Oh, the Taylor of, Swift. Yeah. The Taylor that Swift. matters for this right. Super Bowl. That actually does right. matter. So this could be the largest Super Bowl ever viewed. And the reason I'm even saying that is that you said you don't care about this stuff, but there is a large audience for this stuff. And I know, again, you don't care about it. And I understand that, but there, you know, th there is a lot of interest in this game. And I also liked in your article, which is on real man sports, how you're talking about the NFL is so arrogant. They think they can, have a two week gap in the season and they're still going to garner our interest. Do you think that there should only be a one week gap between the game? Well, it's a tough thing because the NFL is so rough that they want these guys to heal yeah. up. I think that's the reason for the two week gap is so that they're not banged up and you're a getting, week. Sort of, you're getting, yeah, you're getting them at their best, right? At their sharpest. Um, and, and I don't have, you know, I get it. I get why they do it because it, it makes sense. But um, personally, like I'm in, I just dropped at a baseball team yesterday. I'm super into baseball now. I've got this NFBKC team that's in the top 12. I'm excited about that. Um, although I, my, that team has had some problems the last couple of days, but, um, you know, it's like two weeks and it's one game, right? Like I, I, I'm into the whole slate with all my fantasy and bets and survivor and everything going on. One game's kind of boring, right? And plus it's on too late here. So I watch the next day. I'm not, you know, like tweeting live and whatever, you know, watching. I have an idea how to fix it. I have an What's idea. That? So some people are going to hate this idea, but obviously the two losers of the conference championship, right? They play, right? right? So you when have like first a first pick overall pick. Well, I was going to say something with a draft pick, but that doesn't incentivize the teams because the teams don't care about, you know, pick. So you could put a pick in there for the organization, like an extra second round pick at the end of the second round, something like that. But right. to incentivize the players, you obviously you put money in, just like they did with the NBA playing tournament, a half right. a million, a quarter. How about million. you? Ex you execute the losing team, right? And then, then that <laughs> no one cares about the Super Bowl anymore. Now you're like, oh my god, this is the most intense game I've ever seen. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just hard. You know, it, you really the incentive would have to be like absolutely massive, quarter million um, dollars a person. Hundred and you know two hundred thousand yeah, person. I I feel like they would like put a bunch of scrubs in there and figure out ways to like pay the real guys separately under the table. Money's fungible, so they could always build into contracts an extra two fifty, then get a bunch of scrubs. But organizationally, you get the extra pick. That's the organization would play them yeah, because you get the extra yeah. second round pick. Yeah, I think you know it'd be cool if like you lose a pick if you lose, you know, like you, you get you trade, you get one. Their second round pick goes to you, interesting. And then it, then it, then you know there's real incentives on the line. Well, the players um, still wouldn't care, right? But the organizations would care, and then they would build into the contracts extra money if you play in that game. You know, I don't know, wouldn't care. It's like <laughs> it, it, it becomes the problem with and the NBA did this this year with that extra that little tournament in the middle, which playing I game. I still don't playing, understand. No, no, in season tournament, right? I I still don't really understand what that is. But, but the thing is like, it's like, look, no, no, either like the championship is everything or there's like multiple things going on at the same time. I guess they're probably modeling it over soccer, well, which has no, these no. like champions leagues and other things going on while the main leagues are going on. And you're like, yeah, it just, it, it just, I don't know. It's just a little weird to have too many different things going on. Couple things about the, uh, the in-season tournament. One, the Lakers won it and raised the banner. They actually have a banner in there. Yeah, nobody cares about it. Yeah, that. that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I saw our, our colleague Ken Kreitz did a great video on that. He was uh, he was goofing on the NBA for doing that. And the other thing is the reason that the NBA is doing like an NCAA style tournament is because they want to sell it as a standalone package to a 
to um, a streamer. So the in-season uh, tournament only available on Amazon Prime. Like yeah, but, but that's so annoying because it's like, you know, it, it's not even serious, right? It's not even, it, Correct. It's, just, it's just like a money grab. And it's, and this is like the problem, you know, the 17th game of the season. It's like, it's not making the product better. It's just trying to make more money. And it's kind of like, it's funny what I do. You know, uh, my mom's always like, are you making more money yet with your, with your sites, you know? And, your I, podcast. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, and, 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 and I'm like, podcast. yeah, it's like, are you making money? It's always, that's the question I say, Dude, well, so funny I say, I, I say, you know, um, that's not the, you know, I'm trying to ask myself a different question. Like, how am I going to make it, uh, more, um, compelling? Value. How am I going to add more value in this? You know, how am I going to, and I don't mean value, like tell you who to draft or the waiver wire. Oh. Cause I don't give a shit about that, but stuff that I'm interested in, you know, how, do, how am I doing a better job? Um, make, you know, making a better product. That's the question I'm asking. And I think that's the question the league should be asking is like, how do we make a better product? Right? Not how do we get more money in the short term? Because long-term, you know, the better product, and this is a, longer rant but in society it's like how do we make more money the next quarter and then boeing has these bolts that are like falling off the doors you know how do we you know and then you have blackrock you know trying to incentivize with dei stuff and then it's like oh we'll we'll, we'll put more institutional money and in, you know and include you in our indexes if you do these incentives that have nothing to do with the product in fact they're counterproductive and so you have society like falling apart you know, and really the, the question should always be, how do I add more value yeah. to the customer and the customer then over the long term will see the signal of that and be more loyal and, and want to spend more money. And so these leagues, it's like, how do we do a cash grab to sell to a streamer? It's like, fuck off, you know, yeah. like and any executive that's doing that. Um, well, they're under it, pressure, you know, to from the owners to squeeze as much. Yeah, but an owner, them. I mean, they're all just they're just like stupid and short sighted. And, and it's like, yeah, these guys are 80 years old. Some of them are yeah, they're probably going to die soon. And they have three ex-wives with, you know, their claws in the, you know, everyone's you got their the claws yacht. in. Yeah, there's just so many, you know, it's just it's just perverse incentives, you know. But so so I, I just have, you know, I, I kind of just like the whole thing is bad. And, and these games, you know, I, I think the NBA season should be 60 games. And that'll never be, happen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can't, you can't put the genie back in the bottle once they've right. cash grabbed. Um, but you know, I, I want to see Steph Curry play, you know, 34 minutes a night for every game. And that's not going to happen in 82 game season, unless you want him to get injured. It's not going to happen unless you want half the league. And there already are half the leagues out during the playoffs and the playoffs are like five months long. And like, by the time, you know, it's like, but you know, by the time like the playoffs are done, you're like so sick of it. So, <laughs> Um, you know, everything is just so, is so screwed up that they just, you know, the, the sports leagues existed initially because it was such a compelling product because that was the only basis you had. But whenever these businesses mature and get comfortable, they start to be like, okay, we have, we're set now. Now all we're going to do is try to maximize revenue around the margins. You made the case why the NCAA tournament is so great, right? Because it's, you know, nobody watch. I mean, the casual like myself doesn't watch college basketball until the tournament or maybe before the conference tournaments. And then it's one and done. I learn right. all the players. I learn all the guys. I watch all the stories. So that is why the NCAA tournament is so great. The other thing I just want to rewind a second here. You, you just made me laugh because you're you know, talking about how your mother is like, you're making money with your podcast, uh -huh. you know, like, because my mom does the same thing, right? So uh -huh. like if I'm, if I'm doing like a show on Sirius XM, do they pay you extra for that? No, no, no. Right. I, I, the company hired me to do the job. This is what right. I do. When I go referee high school basketball, how much do they pay you for that? It's uh, like the, our parents' generation was growing up, but that's how your value was measured with your profession and that, the amount of social respect and what you got paid. Whereas, again, you know, we're not young men, but this newer 
uh, generation, and maybe it's dripped into us a little bit. We figured it out. It's about what kind of value, what kind of art are you producing? I mean, I don't think that, I I think it's about attention, uh, views, uh, page clicks, you know, Twitter followers. And I think that's just as empty as even worse. The money's better than that, right? Money is, at least it's like you can spend it. The other stuff is just, if you can't monetize it, you're fucked. You just spend all this time getting views and what good did that do you? Um, I try so to tell money, that to some of our creators that, you know, and some of our video helpers and stuff like, what's the purpose of this piece of content? We work for a business. It needs to monetize. I right. Do, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, the money is, is, is a good standard. Now, of, of course, you know, we can get into Bitcoin and fiat currency and the fact that like this money's being printed and there's all these perverse incentives because of that. And, and, you know, value is being devalued, but long-term you always want to add value. Can you do something that the viewer, the listener values that the company that you work for values. And then when you develop the skills to add value, I think you're going to be much happier over the long haul than, you know, than getting attention for yourself or even short-term short-term money is better than just, you know, views or clicks, but long-term value. And so, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I think that, uh, Hopefully that's the the newer economy. You know, there's like a yep. podcast thing where value for value people pay because they like what they're hearing. But again, this is going to get, you know, once you have sort of online uh, Satoshis, uh, units of Bitcoin on your browser and it's just peer to peer and you're just become used to paying, you know, five cents to listen to a podcast, five cents. I like this podcast. I'll pay five cents for it um, to, to listen. And that's just how it, it, it goes we're going to get much more close to like a true value economy instead of this like advertiser mediated um, click driven, attention driven economy. That's so uh, that sort of misplaces all the incentives and these misplaced incentives are why you have so much like, you know, people saying bullshit that they don't really think just to get attention and all this stuff. And it's going to get better, I think. Yeah. All right. Um, one or two more props. And then I have to ask you a question about something you said on the Chris list podcast, which by the way, Chris list podcast, go subscribe to that. If you watch this video and you love Chris list, like I do, like we do um, talks about all different kinds of social issues, gets in weaves into everything from, you know, monetary system, politics, I mean, everything. And then I also want to, in a moment, promote your podcast that you're doing with our friend, Ted Bell. Okay. That's coming up as well. Did you record that yet? By the way? No, that's tonight. That's tonight. That one usually gets very savage. Yeah. Ted Bell sets me up somehow to be extremely savage. So well, he knows the, how to push your buttons. Tr- tr- trigger warning on that one because uh, I no, don't know. I don't know. I, he gave me an outline a while back and I looked at it and I said, oh, that's all fine. But usually it gets pretty savage. Okay. So a couple more, you know, just sort of things you don't care about. But I, the bets that I made and I I want your analysis on if you think I'm going to cash or not, even if you think they're not important. Okay. Okay. Um, so quickly. Mahomes, I bet the under on passing yardage of 262 and a half. Do you, uh, I, I'm going to say you're going to lose on that, but okay. um, under, I, I, he I went on a strong feeling. He went under six of the last nine um, regular season games. Yeah. I, I mean, the re- end of the regular season, the Chiefs really were out of sync, and they sort of got back uh, during the playoffs into the offense. Looks like the Chiefs offense that we're used to seeing. Okay. Um, two other thoughts I put on here: Patrick Mahomes' dad smiling in the mugshot. Oh, is that is that not? He hasn't had the mugshot yet. No, he did. He smiled in the mugshot. You didn't see oh. the mugshot. Oh, you I haven't heard? seen it. No. I so haven't. yeah, he got arrested for his third DWI. I heard about that, and and I saw that Jason Whitlock was like, "This would be a distraction for me." And I thought, and I did a real man tweet on it saying, "Real man, you know, real man has a based a based real man dad is gonna." I'm betting Mahomes now. I'm betting the Chiefs now. The the joke is that Patrick Mahomes' dad 
uh, distracted um, from Taylor Swift. That was the joke that I saw out there that I thought that was ha ha cute, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the last thought I had here was um, Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel, no head coaching jobs in 2024. Yeah, the nerds have uh, it's gone too far toward the nerds, right? I'm Belichick, I don't know because Belichick, you know, if the NFL were fixed, Belichick's the perfect, you know, he all of a sudden he can't coach, but um, it's gone too far toward the nerds with Vrabel. Vrabel. Um, I saw, I heard a podcast on the athletic, um, and I, it, you know, I mean, there's a lot of nutless monkeys there, but basically like, it was like, oh, he's too, you know, I've heard from exec, he's too big and imposing and they don't like that. And it's like, yeah, like they only want a nerd with the spreadsheet and there there's value add to the nerds, especially when it was, um, all jocks running these organizations, these nerds that could point out things. Um, that the jocks weren't aware of were actually added a lot of value. But now I feel like the pendulum is, is swung the other way too far. And it's like Mike Vrabel is a leader of men. He had respect. Um, the Titans outperformed their personnel, you know, most years. Tannehill, you know, they got to the championship game. They easily could have made the Super Bowl that year. The Bengals beat them. That was sort of a 50-50 game. Um, that was a really good team. And, and so um, I wish the Giants, you know, I like Dable fine, but I mean, I wish the Giants had, you know, Vrabel, you know, as their defensive coordinator or whatever and and or even a head coach. Yeah, as a Jet fan, I would literally pack a Robert Sala's bags for him and bring Vrabel in. So, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm shocked that he didn't get one job. All right. So, at this point, if you're watching this video, this podcast, we're going to just come we're going to leave football um rewind if you grab in the middle for all of our outrageous prop bets that we're making here. Uh, oh, but last one I had, by the way, uh, coin toss is actually for the first time, Chris Liss, it's at plus 100. So there is real coin toss odds. They're not, it's not like minus 104. They just want to get you on the site and bet. You know, it's yes. like, okay, one, the coin yes. toss is the gateway drug, right? If you're yes. going to bet on that, you I got to put us. Yeah, I yeah. did. So I, you know, pulled the stats on it of the 57 Super Bowls. Real, and- real man. My joke is always real man parlays heads and tails. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um 30 tails, 27 heads in the history of the Super Bowl, and the last year was tails. Yeah. Well, you know, the gambler's fallacy. It's got to be tails, right? There's only 27 of them. Right. Yeah. Well, it's well, there's been 27 heads. It's been 30 tails, oh, 27 yeah. heads. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it's got to catch up, right? It's 50-50, so it'll be exactly 30-30, yeah. right? So. You know, that's the reason. I you know, I had a professional gambler uh, statsational on um, a podcast the other day. And he said, that's the reason they put the numbers that come in in roulette. So you think, oh, it's got to be black right. next. It, it's got to catch up, right? It's got to catch up. But everybody, it. everybody, every midwit knows that, the gambler's fallacy, right? That like, no, yeah, that they each don't. New, no, no, the midwits know it. it it's the simpletons that don't. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, everybody knows that the history, that these they don't have memories, these roulette wheels and these. Some of them do, you know, the grooves get a little worn. There, There are like people who have like, figured out little edges for that stuff. But yeah, I mean, the, the idea that it's going to even out, you know, somehow. So what are you going to, if I gave you a free hundred, what would you bet here? Heads or tails? It's always oh, tails. heads. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. All right. All right. Interesting. Obviously. Uh, all right. So you all right, So at this point, we're going to, we're going to leave football. We're going to talk some other stuff. So if you don't want to hear any of this other stuff, it was, we had a good season with you. Uh, Liz is going to be switching over to baseball. Um, and you know, we'll, uh, We'll go for. Oh, you're out on baseball. Yeah, I'm, I can't. And next, I, and next, and next week also, I'm going to be in LA. So right, I won't you're going to be out because I have to go hard football right now. Dynasty stuff. We're we're doing some. We're starting a new football page. I really need to, to go on that. But I, I have some other stuff because you talked about um, the RFK interview with comic Dave Smith. I watched the whole interview. 
Okay. Not just the clip. Right. So you do get so if anyone wants to see that, uh, Dave Smith, the comic who is now a political analyst, good political analyst, by the way, good commentary, I should say, yeah. and interviews RFK, presidential candidate. And he was asking, he was basically grilling him hard. And you pointed it out on the Chrysalis podcast, even though he likes him and that's real journalism. But um, if you have to, you have to go back to and watch the whole thing. RFK, he's got like the traditional, like our parents' generation's Israeli stance on support them no matter what. And then you have the new uh, view, which is, hey, uh, Dave Smith says, I'm Jewish, but this is getting a little out of control here. So really my question for you is, um, do you think that more like comedians are going to become our journal, our go-to journalists like the Joe Rogans and the Dave Smith? Or do you still think that it's going to be locked up in the mainstream media? The mainstream media is dead. I mean, they're just dead. I, I, they didn't do their jobs. They're basically public relations people for the powerful. And so they're losing their jobs because their services are no longer needed um, because fewer people are watching them because they lost trust, right? It, 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 nobody except a bunch of boomers really trusts uh, the TV anymore, like what they're saying on those cable news networks. And so they've lied. They've been busted for lying. Uh, even the people who are like the narrative apologists kind of know it's bullshit. Um, but they're just, they have incentives professionally. They've been bribed to go along with some of this stuff, but they, they, they didn't even know that there's no point in watching those people. So these people, uh, just, you know, a journalist is supposed to hold the powerful to account, right? And they say that everything else is public relations and they've been pure public relations. Propaganda. So you have these, yeah, they're propagandists for the regime. And basically you have these comics who are real comics, not like the late night Jimmy Kimmel frauds, you know, who are, who are doing propaganda and, and pretending it's comedy. And it's not even, there's no joke there. You know, it's just literally comedy is uh, exposing truth. It's George Carlin. It's, you know, it's George Carlin, you know, and, and, you know, Chris Rock, you know, it's the, uh, Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes, the, the stuff that the powerful don't want to hear. Mm. And so, you know, the real comedians, obviously the fake ones are, they're not, they're losing Different their style of comedian. That's yuck, yuck, commercial comedy, you know. Well, well, the commercial, well, I mean, the late night guys aren't funny anymore. They're just no, doing straight propaganda right. because it's not funny. You know, the sort of regime approved narratives aren't funny. You, you'll have the people who like it, it says the line they want to hear with good timing. And so they laugh, but it's not really, they're not laughing. They're just nodding in assent to like the message that they are on board with. But the, the people who are bold you know, and the real comedians, the George Carlin's of the world, they will say something that is you know, you can't say, you're not supposed to say, but they'll say it with the right timing, the right delivery. And people laugh like crazy because it's like taboo. And they're walking on that very fine line. The court jester was the only one who could tell the king the truth without getting his head chopped off. And this is the role of comedians in society these days. And the real ones... Always, by the way. Not these... Always. It was the Lenny Bruce before that. And, of course. Know. And and But even, you know, back a thousand years ago or 2000 years, you know, was the court jester could get away with it because he had the skills, the timing to sort of be funny about it, right? right. If, if, we call if the, the king fat or whatever, right? right? If the joke falls flat, you get your head chopped off. So there's <laughs> high stakes to get the joke right. Um, and so, and, and, you know, everyone could have a good laugh and it was like a release valve, um, for society. And so some of these guys are more courageous and Dave Smith's one of them. I mean, now, you know, it's, there's more people doing it. Um, may, you know, may I interrupt you for a second sure. here? You, yeah. I just, you're just talking about this court gesture. Did you ever see history of the world part one, the Mel Brooks movie? I did see it, but a long time ago. Yeah. So Mel Brooks, his name, you know, he's in like Roman society. His name is Comicus. And and he uh, he's doing a routine for the king, and he screws and he's the court jester, uh, and he screws up, and they you know they want his head. So head it, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm the, sure it happened. I'm yeah, sure it really great. happened. It's, it better be funny. You better not bomb here because you're going to be in big trouble. 
and and I, you know, and so like, it's not a surprise that those are the people willing to tell the truth, you know, and you know, uh, Jimmy Dore is, is hilarious. You know, he was like, he's like, isn't it funny that we all took the COVID vaccine and then we all got COVID. He's like, <laughs> imagine we took the polio vaccine and then we all got polio, you right. know, like, and, and, you know, it's just funny, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, again, none of this stuff is this contra. you know, two years ago is very controversial now. Like people kind of know, um, only the laptop class who were kind of bribed not to know they're the last to know. Yeah. You people listening, you're the last to know. Um, but regular people all know it's common knowledge. Um, and, and, and so, um, yeah, I think that, you know, those are going to be the truth tellers, the people that just don't really give a shit. Um, and, and they function, you know, there's real journalists like, you know, Glenn Greenwald and Matt Taibbi and Tucker Carlson and Mike Schellenberger, and they're doing stuff that's against the regime and, you know, and, um, oh, you're talking to Putin. Oh, you're treason. You know, the people are risking Julian Assange is in prison for the stuff that he exposed the real journalists, obviously. Um, everybody that like, they're saying he's treasonous. He's a traitor. Those are journalists, right? The people that they're like, oh, that Facebook whistleblower, you know, showing all the disinformation on Facebook and they're all praising her in Congress. That's not a whistleblower. That's not a journey. You know, the, the people getting praised by the media and the, and the, and the corporations that back it are, are not doing journalism. They're doing public relations. The proof is who's happy with them and who's angry with them. If you see all of the, uh, you know, the, the tech companies censoring people and the corporate media scolding them and being very concerned that this disinformation is getting out, then you can be sure that that's journalism. If everybody's praising them, um, you can be sure that's public relations. That's just how it works. And so, you know, the people that are awake to that, which is an increasing number, know that. And there's just, you know, the cat's out of the bag, you know? And, and so it's sort of like, um, this is why the corporate media is dying and they're losing their jobs. And, and honestly, they don't deserve the title of journalist. Being a real journalist is, is, a, is should be a prestigious thing. It's something important. But the problem is, you know, real journalists are not prestigious. They're, they're hated because the powerful control the PR apparatus and get people to hate them. And so it's kind of this ironic thing that the people that deserve prestige, you know, posthumously or whenever they can finally be praised, um, they were usually despised when they were doing journalism. The people that everyone's applauding as the journalists and calling themselves journalists are always frauds. They're always PR people. So um, listen to the people that the corporate media is telling you to hate. Listen to the people that your peers and your boss and your company is telling you to hate. Um, that's who's probably, uh, that's who's obviously taking a risk to say what they're saying. It doesn't mean you should believe everything they say. Obviously do your own due diligence, do your own research, but, um, but there's a pretty easy heuristic to tell who's, um, who's, who's doing real work and who's just, um, doing public relations. Yeah. So with Tucker Carlson, you know, for he's going to be interviewing Vladimir Putin. I'm excited to see that interview, not because, again, I'm going to believe everything Putin says. So that's what my my wife said to me. She's like, why isn't he just going to lie about everything? And I go, he probably uh, is. He probably will. He's, right. He's, he's got an agenda and an interest also. Right. But, but if you could take that apart, just like our politicians lie to us. Right. I mean, it's you could. Our politicians lie to us every day and our and right. our media lies to us every day. And And the thing is. This is really where the rubber meets the road, the dividing line, is there's some people who says, you're a grown adult, Alan. You're a human being. You're a a grown man. There is no one higher than you in the whole world, not the president, not a scientist, not an expert at making sense of the world, right? You are the supreme highest that we know of in the universe. Maybe there's some aliens out there somewhere. Uh, The highest sense-making entity there is, is the adult human being, okay? And the adult human being 
gets to decide. And even, you know, in the court of law, right, we, we have a jury. The expert doesn't render the verdict. The expert just makes some technical matters clear to the layman on the jury. It's the jury who's the highest authority who decides the, the, uh, the fact. He's the finder of fact. And so are you in your life. And so am I. And so should you be. And these people are like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm too weak. I'm a child. I'm going to ask the expert, whatever the experts think. You know, that's what they want you to do. So they don't want you to have direct access to Putin's testimony, so to speak, and to cross-examine him yourself and have, you know, Tucker Carlson bring that to you. They want three pundits in suits who were paid for by CNN, which is paid for by the regime. It's an arm of the regime telling you what to think. They're terrified that you're going to decide for yourself. And, and you'd have to be a fool to take what the witness says in any trial, or Putin is the witness now, as the truth. You need to cross-examine him, say, what's his agenda? What does he have to gain from it? What do we know about him? Um, why would he say this? But also consider it consider it yourself. And I think that's where the rubber meets the road in this case. I think it's it's the difference between people who want others to decide for themselves. I trust you, Alan, to decide for yourself and all the adults out there. And the other people say, oh no, they're too dumb. They're, they're going to get fooled by misinformation. Oh, we got to protect them from misinformation. You know what? Those who protect from misinformation are the biggest misinformation spreaders. Oh, there's weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Who told you that? The New York Times told you that, right? Oh, take this vaccine and you won't get COVID. Who told you that? You know, Rachel Maddow told you that. So the people who purport to be so concerned about misinformation have lied to you uh, demonstrably. So obviously they can't be trusted. So who are you going to trust? Trust yourself. Trust yourself to go over who's reliable, who's not, what sounds plausible, what doesn't, and and realize that you're fallible, that you're going to make mistakes, that you're not perfect, but that even though you're imperfect, you should not be outsourcing your sense-making to other people. Why? Because you're an adult. You are not a child. Do not tolerate being treated like a child. You are the most um, advanced sense maker in the universe that we know of, the adult human being. And you should start treating yourself and others with the respect that that entails and standing up for the rights that you have and stop being such a, a, an abject coward that, you, that you're not willing to um, think and make sense of the world for yourself. And anybody who tells other people that you shouldn't be thinking and making sense of the world for yourself as an adult, um, to me is anti-human, anti-freedom, um, anti-just um, completely wants to control you and, and doesn't think that you're capable of making your own decisions. And you know what? If you agree with them, you're basically um, <coughs> proving their point because you're saying like, I'm not capable. I don't feel capable. I don't have the wherewithal to, to, to vote, to choose. I need to outsource everything to an expert. And you're basically ceding your, not just your rights, but your responsibility as a human being. So- yeah, That's no, well, husband. very well said. I I thought the best example that you that really that like put the light bulb on for me in the Chrysalis podcast was when you said you would never let the witness render the verdict, right? And the witness is someone who's giving the testimony. In this case, you would let the, the layman, the normal person, that's how we do it here. So you're the layman. You're the jury when you're, you're the ordinary person. And yeah. and you never even let an expert witness, right? I'm the medical blood spatter exa you know, examiner. So right. I'll tell you when the blood spatter is this, usually the bullet came from here. You know, they have these guys who clarify things for the and then the cross examine. No, well, that they get another expert says, no, in my experience, it happens this way. They clarify a couple of things. And then the jury listens and says, what do, what do I think about this? And, and you're the juror. Yeah, that's right.
Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, no, very well said. By the way, in the Chrysalis podcast, did you change the cover art to you inside of a, a cell phone? Uh, yeah. So I have an in-house artist. I, okay. I don't, I don't like it either. <laughs> I hate I it. An, I, I, I love a, you, but I hate I, it. Uh, no, I liked I your old art. Your old art was like clean and pristine. Okay. I'll change it back. So I have an in-house artist who's working for me. Um, she's 11 years old and oh, she made, she redesigned, she, re I feel she bad. redesigned. No, I no, feel no, bad. no. I told her, I don't like that either. She, she didn't see how it looks oh, like. It's, now it's I feel too, awful. No, no, no. Sasha, no, no. I love, I no, love. No, 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 don't lie. She needs real feedback. Yeah. But the real man sports, real man wood got changed to real man sports and that logo, it matches the color of the ground underneath. She did that for me and she's I good. Feel, hold on. I feel awful now. No, 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 It's fine. So I put it out there. I told her I don't like it. And, and she was like, it's fine because sometimes she gets lazy, but no, no, I, I'm, I'm going to put it back. I, I, yeah, I I'm all for having you on the cover. But inside, no, 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 no. It's too, it's too small. Phone. It's like, it's like. What well, doesn't make any is... sense? The cell no, phone. No, I told what, her what that. You, I told what her. What do you have to do with a cell phone? You know I told saying? her that. I told her that. Yep. She's like, she, she thought it was a good idea. So anyway, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, you're a monster. You're a monster. I, she I, won't this listen is, to this. She doesn't. This listen is to why this, I don't have children because I don't, I don't know how to adult their parents. But I do. No, like no, no, no. It's fine. That's totally fine. And 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 I was gonna switch it. I just got, I just like put it up there because she said it'll be better. I looked at it. I was like, I don't really think this is better, but I'll go with it for now. Um, but I agree. I was going to switch it anyway. Yeah. So you would also on the Chrysalis podcast, now that we're talking about parenting an adult, you would told the story about, um, your, your daughter was, had two friends and she was paying more attention to one friend and kind of, um, ignoring the other, the other kid obviously felt a little bad and you chose not to interfere. See, this is what, and maybe that's probably the right parenting decision. And you can listen to that on the Chrysalis podcast. I was screaming. I was like, no, you got to teach them inclusivity and this, that, and kind of nudge them on. And maybe I'm, this is why I'm not a good, because maybe it wouldn't be a good parent. Well, I'm not saying I'm right. I was just, I, you know, and, and most people I think would interfere. They take them aside and say, look, you know, your other friend, she's, she's upset. Like she feels neglected. And I was going to do that. That was my instinct. At I first. thought you should have, I thought I felt so bad but, for this other kid, but no, but I mean, kids suffer. I, I think one of the mistakes people make as parents and friends and suffers one thing. <clears throat> this is like, uh, well, I mean, she wasn't suicidal. She was no, just, you but know, it's one of the seeds that leads to lows. And what I'm saying, I, is I, don't, people, I don't agree. I, I think people I always think, remember how you made them feel, you know, that's if you're selling something. Okay. I, I, I think the reality is, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, you care like that. You're the one who made them feel bad. Yeah. So remember it. Right. She'll say Sasha was kind of neglectful of me and I was pissed and then she won't want to hang out with Sasha. Right. And she shouldn't if Sasha doesn't like her enough to give her attention and right. she shouldn't be friends with her and feeding they, a stray cat, feeding a stray cat. Right. Yeah. Like, why yeah. are you, why not just, why do you have to be friends with everybody? You just part ways. Like, you know what? Maybe you guys don't like each other that much and you shouldn't be over and you shouldn't be getting neglected. Yeah. <clears throat> and the lesson you learn is, well, this isn't really a good friend of mine. And maybe the lesson Sasha learns is, <clears throat> well, I lost a friend because I didn't give her any attention and ignored her. And if she does want to be friends with her, she'll have to make amends or say sorry or something. Or maybe she just never wanted to be friends with her and it was a mistake to get them together. And they'll, I just think like nature is healing. Like let, let nature play time out. Heal, time heals it, all wounds type of thing. Yeah. Well, it, it may be, you know, suffering's okay. Like feeling bad is okay. Everyone thinks, oh, my kid feels, this is the problem today, right? Everyone's like, oh, my kid feels bad. Let's give him another cookie. You know, let's give him another this. You know, it's like, no, just feel bad. Like, just feel bad. And maybe the reason people can't deal with any trigger or, oh, you said something that, you know, you said something mean about Joe Biden and Biden's a good guy. And now I'm so upset. Like, dude, oh. you know, this is to me, it's like the problem is the parenting that, that never let them just feel bad. What's wrong with yeah. feeling bad? 
No, you're right about that. I just, I re- going back to like when I was in like fifth or sixth grade, and there was this one kid that was always neglected. Is he, he was uh, he was an overweight kid, and I used to always go up to him, hang out with him, eat lunch with him, right? I invited him over, and then what happened? Oh, sorry, I called him one time, and then you're right though. He like never wanted to stop hanging out and this that, and I was like, oh, I don't really, I just wanted to. And make then him it's feel much good. more cruel when he thinks you're his friend. Well, and I was. I entertained them. I talked to him for 15 minutes and 20 minutes, and on the phone, I, I. I took a look. Listen, I didn't love hanging out with him. I, he was an oddball. He was like the kid that nobody wanted to have. But I felt myself making him feel good. And I, you know, I don't regret it. You know, but you're right though. It led Where to does that like get you. What What does it get? He's not. You know, I mean, the, you want friends that pity you, that hang out with you because they feel sorry for you because you have no. They, right. You know, I mean, you don't want that. You know, right. I mean. You know, it, it's just like, don't meddle, you know, like he's got his own problems with his own parents and whatever reason yeah. he's like that. He's depressed. You know, they're feeding him junk food. They're not You're giving right. him he attention. Was overweight. He was very, they're overweight. not then- giving him attention that he needs, whatever it is they're doing, which is not your problem. Like you're not his mm. parents. Like, you know, and, and, and that kid, she may be fine. She probably is fine. She'll get over it or she won't. And that's not yeah. our problem. It's not our problem, you know, and, and, and the people who try to fix all the problems are causing problems. The people who don't want you to hear the misinformation, the people who don't want the, they're trying to fix everything. You know, these people in their basement tweeting about stuff that get your own life in order. You know, I mean, how about take yeah. care of your physical health and take care of your, the people that, you know, that you're close to. If you, you probably, you know, people don't have people they're close to, but take care of your family, do something for your wife. Maybe, you know, like, all these people are trying to tell me like what I should think and what I can tweet and stuff. It's like, fuck off. You don't know shit about shit. You know nothing about anything. And yet, you know, so that's how I felt. I don't know what the relationship is. I just, just, I'll just shut the fuck up and, and let them just, you know, be basically. I'm going to tie all of this together right now. I'm going to tie football together with politics for a second here with our last subject. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's traditional. I don't know if you remember this, but before the Super Bowl. That network airing the Super Bowl always has the president on for like a, an, a 30, 25 minute interview. And it's it's great because the president, I mean, for their perspective, they get a chance to basically lay out the case for their you know reelection or their agenda for the following year. And this year, CBS invited uh, Biden on. I mean, it's a free commercial, 20 minutes where you have 100 million people watching. Right. And and they declined. Right. For right. obvious reasons, he's not right. going to, you know, they say, you know, and the reason they said they go, well, why don't you want to come on? He goes, well, people are still there. They're spokespeople that are covering up the fact that he probably can't put a sentence together at this point yeah. said, um, well, the people are still making chili. They're doing the things not really paying attention. We're going to buy right. a few commercials during the Grammys. So how, how much money do you pay for ads? Right. Like all this Five money million. they raise. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm saying, but like presidential elections they are like, oh, it's oh, a right. billion dollars worth of ads. This is free. This and is you're, now you're getting five, you're getting, you know, like almost 1%, a couple percent of that in, you know, depending how long the thing is, maybe worth, you know, 20 million this, this spot. Yeah. The piece and you're, and you're literally like just minutes, turning yeah. it down mm-hmm. because you know, the guy is too demented to, to do anything, but like basically shit himself. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I mean, it's obvious, it, you know, all these things are obvious now, right? I mean, how so much crazy. of a shield do you have to be? to be in denial of this fact. And if he wins, if they get this guy over the finish line, don't replace him with somebody, I will be in awe. Well, they're I going will... to do it. They're going to do it because they're not going to debate. Neither one of the guys wants the debate, so they're not going to do that either. This what do you mean? First... Oh, I, mean there's, I mean, there's not going to be a presidential debate in my, in well, my judgment. I don't, you don't think that the that Trump would debate Biden if, if, he, if he could? No. I, I think he would if he could, but he's, they're not going to do it. 
They're just, I'm telling you, they're not going to do it. There's no right. way. Right, they're, they're not going to put him up there on the stage. They have to, like, take, you know, real time, of right. course. Yeah. Right, so it's they're not going to do it. it very but, so, so I'm saying that makes it very hard to get the guy over the finish line. Yeah, but they're going to say, we're not, we're not uh, going to debate against a guy who's been federally indicted and all that right. stuff. Right, they're, they're going to, they're gonna, like, stand on ceremony and be like, oh, yeah. you know, we can't, this is too... And the move, I'm not going to give them the credibility to, to even stand on the stage with them. I get it. Right. I get what they're going to try to do. What I'm saying is... Like, I will be in awe if, if they pull did. that off. Right. If they and get Trump, a guy who's truly weak into Bernizing and all the way over the finish line, I will be like, holy shit. I mean, you know, I don't know what kind of shit will be pulled. Um, and I'm not political. I don't root for either party. I don't care. I, I would no, prefer someone who's not. I would prefer that someone totally not demented were president, you know, regardless of the party that they're from. Um, but I would be in awe if they could somehow pull it off because it's, um, it, it's just... I mean, the the dude is literally like you wouldn't let him drive your kid. No, no. you wouldn't. I mean, you wouldn't let him babysit. I mean, this is President of the States. Listen, so the other terrible. day he couldn't remember the name Hamas. He said the opposition because he was like the uh, um, uh, um, yeah. the opposition. So he called Hamas the opposition. Yeah, so, it's basically elder abuse at this point. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, the reason it's really... the reason Trump won't go in debate either is because he won't go up there and just say like say Ken, uh, Robert Kennedy or RFK gets in. There's no reason for him to debate RFK. Because then people are going to split those votes and say, "Hey, I don't like either." Right? Of these guys. Oh yeah, no, no. Them. Trump doesn't want to give RFK the platform. RFK yeah. is smart, you know. So, you know, it, it's it's a really uh, it's banana There's republic not gonna be stuff a going on for right the first now. First time ever, ever. Yeah, I, I mean, but that's like what kind of democracy do we really have, right? It's like it's they don't even illusion. want you to. They don't want you to hear from the president. They're going to make up all this stuff, you know. I mean, it's like so. It, it's just really like. Uh, you know, whatever they were saying about the end of democracy, that is what they're actually implementing. And it's, uh, you know, anyway, I, I don't need to tell people. I, I think I think anybody who's not professionally and socially incentivized not to see it knows. It's common knowledge at this point. And the other thing I thought was funny, I just wanted to run it by you. You may not have a comment on it, but I don't know if you saw the primary from the other night, Nikki Haley, who she lost to in the primary. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, no, but she's none, a totally fake. She's not like a none of the above. A, Literally, yeah, yeah, do you remember yeah. the joke from Brewster's Millions, the movie? No, what was it? What was so it? So in Brewster's Millions, it's a Richard Pryor comedy where he he's running for mayor of New York City, and he's running, but he doesn't want you to vote for him. He wants you to vote for none of the above. Right. right. He's like, so he's campaigning. Don't vote for me or this other idiot I'm running against. Right. Uh, vote for none of the above. Right. Nikki Haley lost to none of the above. No, I know. I'm aware. Yeah, but she's, I'm, but she's totally astroturf. She's a totally astroturf. She's like the Kamala Harris of this cycle. Like nobody's interested, but yet somebody's putting money behind it. Um, and so it's like this fake candidate that like they're pretending, but yeah. like nobody organically supports her at all. It's a very weird, it's very weird what's going on. I I I I feel like angry, not um because of her or whatever, but just that like the normies are like so full, they're lying so bad. They're so attached to something that everybody knows is false. And I'm getting fed up with them. Like I'm getting fed up with like normal people believing their normal shit that is like so obviously bullshit. Like the emperor has clothes and, and they're faking it so much. And I just feel like I'm losing respect so much for just the normal person who's like, like willing to hold on to this and not just face reality. Like I'm, I'm seriously out, out there, like normal people. I know people in my circles, I just am starting to like despise them. I don't like that feeling. I, I, I like to, I, I'm very high opinion of people in general. I think people can make sense of things, but the fact that they're willing to enable such a lie 
is is really starting to wear on me. I'm I'm losing my tolerance for it. Like this pretending, like going along with it, that like normal people are just like this crazy. I, I don't know. I'm I'm losing my tolerance. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Chris Liss. We started doing this podcast week one of the NFL season with some Survivor. Actually, we started a few weeks before that, getting some reps. Um, We're going to wrap here. You're going to continue on. So if you love Chris Liss's stuff like I do, he'll be doing fantasy baseball on the Chris Liss uh, Real Man Sports Podcast. This stream, which is going to end up being Fridays at 1030, is going to be going to Dynasty Fantasy Football. I I wish you were a Dynasty guy. We're going to be going heavy into that, where eventually we're going to move this show onto another channel. Go if you want to follow Chris List like uh, like I do. It's at uh, Chris underscore List at Real Man Sports on X, and then obviously you could follow all his other social platforms from there. Uh, Chris will probably come on, and I'll force him to do you know something around the draft, which he hates, and then I'll force him. Hey, you know, one, yeah, yeah. And post July fourth, once your teams are you know where they are in baseball, we'll start doing a little football again, and and we'll start it up. But I I need a few weeks to get this. Uh, um, thing going here with football and go all in on that. But yeah, great season. I enjoyed this very much. Anything else you want to uh, tell people about before we uh, sign off? No, realmansports.com, chrysalis.com. And I just hope you don't get fired, Alan. That's all, you know, after all nah, this. Nah, nah, nah. At least I figured I would get a warning first before that. So, you yeah. know, I'll go until I get a warning and then I'll say I'll adjust. Okay, we'll see. Well, that's what's well, the problem when you do a lot of different things. I'm not saying I'm the most valuable guy because I'm not even close to that. But when you do right, but you, of- yeah, you have a skill set that's hard to replicate easily. They would probably warn you. Right. Plus, then, they're they're good guys. I they wouldn't. Yeah, I'm just and, kidding. But but I but yeah, I'm just saying. I, think I know like, where the line. I don't. Is. For I me, it's like you know, I got nothing to lose, but I just worry about you sometimes. No, no, you shouldn't worry about me. And by the way, like I said, I I feel like we're I'm not pushing a line here. We're talking about things, and you know, and oh no, this stuff is now it's common knowledge now. All this stuff. I mean, yeah. as I said, the normies are still in denial, but most people quietly know. You know, everyone's replaceable. By the way, so it's not in any sense do I ever feel like that I'm immune from, I could do whatever I want. I don't feel yeah. like, in fact, I'm grateful. Don't jinx for yourself. You just are like worried. You just jinx Yeah, yourself. yeah. Well, I'm grateful for, listen, you're, I know you don't take credit for this, but you're the reason that I'm even working at Rotowire. You helped, you were the catalyst that got me to do it, you know, to, that helped me along and get the job. I did forward that email. I yep. did do that. And it's the best job I've ever had. I hope it never ends for me. I, I would do this to the day I die um, as far as, you know, for this, this job, it's the best job ever. So. Very good. All right, man. Uh, great season from you. And uh, I'll be looking forward to your podcast with Ted Bell and everything else that you put out during the year. Bye, everybody.